what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am your host, Brandon Goldner, and with me, as always, it is your other host. I've actually been not saying host. I've just been saying I'm Brandon Goldner because we are both equally hosts of equal host is Ryan Witty Whitledge. Ryan, what's up, man? Not much, not much. Just enjoying this uh, beautiful weather as Cody Zeller was lamenting today. You know what? You need the rain in order to get the greenery. And also, we desperately need the rain. Um, I will say this, though. I feel like I've turned into that old man on the rocking chair in the porch who's like, oh, I can feel a storm's coming. I can feel it in my knees because, like, I have, like, a weird head thing and, like, my throat's kind of weird. But, like, I, it's not like I'm getting sick. It just it feels like there's pressure in my in my head. That's like I and some people actually do say when the barometric pressure outside drops that they feel that. So are you feeling that too? Can can confirm. So can, I've been as you're constru- rocking I've, in your chair, I was going to say, and I'm <laughs> in a rocking chair. It's one of the benefits. Here. I just moved the rocking chair over, but, uh, and I actually put the footstool underneath the desk now too. So I got full rocking chair motion going on. You got your but slippers no, on, got your slippies. I actually don't own a pair of slippers. I'm not a slippers guy. Got to get uh, some slippers. They are literally so comfortable. Well, my uh, sandals got stolen from me by a homeless person in Arizona when we were there last week. So I'm I'm just bitter about that right now. But anyways, no, as (laughs) as far as the barometric pressure, yes, for one, uh, uh, it is a change because I am freshly back from Arizona because we're out there for our uh, six year wedding anniversary. Um, But yeah, it's 10 years in construction. I got a lot of aches and pains. I I got my left knee is my bad knee. And so, yeah, anytime the weather takes a turn, it definitely starts locking up on me. And I always thought that that was a thing for me but my wife a couple years back well actually six years ago because she did it right before our wedding you know tore her uh, mcl and oh. so ever since she's had her surgery on that uh it, she gets the same thing in her right knee so uh yeah it's <laughs> she's like yep the weather changed my knee hurts like a son of a bitch and i'm like oh yeah i uh, i feel that too welcome to your 30s uh well Ryan, with the weather change, we also have some change in Blazers narratives because we had Blazers Media Day today. And so we wanted to get in here and get our severe, unnecessary, over-the-top overreactions to Blazers Media Day. And there's quite a bit to unpack. Um, And it it doesn't just include what we heard from President of Basketball Operations, Neil Olshade. It also includes what we heard from Yusuf Nurkic, from Damian Lillard, from Coach Chauncey Billups. So I was not able to watch every moment of this press conference, but I watched enough of it to get intrigued and we don't really have notes for today, but I know that you and I were having some healthy disagreements on Twitter, which is what Twitter is for about a couple of these key points. Healthy. Yeah. It's for healthy disagreements. I don't think it's used for it though. (laughs) I feel like it, I feel like you and I, I mean, we have enough equity built in and rapport that we can disagree about stuff and it's fine. And honestly, it's, it's that way with most people. There's, there's a small subset of folks who disagree and are kind of weird about it. But honestly, like most of us as Blazers fans, we're going to have different takes on stuff. We're going to have different opinions to your point on Twitter. Like we may hear something totally different from someone else because we're using different context or different Mm -hmm. past things that we heard. Anyway, I want to unpack some of that stuff. 
in all of 40 minutes, but let's start with, well, I have, I have a number one gripe. I want to get off my chest about this entire press conference real quick. And I, it's a massive bone to pick. It's still bugging me. It is irritating. The man sat up in front of a microphone and refused to address the elephant in the room. Chris McGowan, when will you lower the beer prices? Just (laughs) do it. You damn coward. Go the Atlanta Falcons route, drop your concession prices, go look at their numbers. As soon as they made everything super affordable and within the realm of like, you're not spending $14, for a beer and $9 for a hot dog. Their sales went up 62% bite the bullet and do it. Be progressive in basketball. And I'm not just saying that because I'm also bitter about when we were in Arizona and a Bud Light costs $14 at a baseball game. Yeah. You don't sound bitter at all. I will say I didn't hear, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't catch what president McGowan said, but I would imagine that there are lots of different things you have to consider when you're doing that. And I will say this, uh, I actually appreciate the effort that, uh, McGowan and the Blazers have made to get more local options at the Moda Center. I think that's really, really cool. I think that's a great way to make sure that money is staying in the local economy, um, whether it's sizzle pie or, any, you know, choose the vendor where it used to be just whatever kind of Aramark, um, you know, uh, Cisco food service pumping it in. Mm-hmm. At least you have local options in Moda Center. And for me, if it's between having cheaper alcoholic beverages or having more local options, um, I choose the local option thing. Now, having said that, I don't know if that, if one has anything to do with the other, I have no idea no, if they, one has anything to no, do with the other. No, they don't. It's, it's, uh, I think Levy foods runs it. Levy foods is in charge of all concessions in the, uh, in the arena. And they're the ones who set the base market pricing. And the reason that they do that is so that, that one vendor, even if they're local can't be selling a $6 beer while the rest of the arena and all the other vendors are selling like a, an eight or $9, $10 beer. They try to regulate the pricing. So they they're the one it's levy foods who sets the sets the pricing benchmark so that you get a consistent experience no matter where you are in the arena but they use so the, they're just anti-free the, market then right i mean so geez. They, they, they do basically the, uh, communists over there <laughs> yeah but they use like the movie theater model of you know working with the assumption of you're in here you're trapped so you're subjected to our prices so why can't we make the most amount of money that we possibly can and again i say go look at the atlanta falcons and what they did in the mercedes dome years ago or three or four years ago. Now they've been running with this pricing model and it's worked out fantastically for them. And they've seen sales growth every single year. Fair enough. Well, I mean, I, Hey, uh, that'd be great. I I, I'm personally okay. If they don't do that. I mean, I have definitely not been known. I want more beer though. Oh, well, I (laughs) definitely not been known for sneaking in my own beverages. Definitely have never done that. Um, it's possible to do. Um, okay. So, let me ask Plastic this. bottles are great. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start here. Was there anything, and maybe we'll go in quasi-chronological order, was there anything that you heard from Neil Olshay that surprised you or interested you or if you had any takeaways specifically from Neil Olshay since he was first up? His entire thing to me, like I I was joking around with some buddies texting him. So how big scale of one to 10, how big of an asshole is Neil O'Shea going to be today? You know, uh, Danny and Brandon (laughs) from the, uh, from the Jack Ramsey's beat me to it. I actually spent a portion of my day coming out with a bingo board and they beat me to it and I wasn't going to send out competing bingo boards. So I just ran with theirs of, you know, the Neil O'Shea isms and, and all that stuff. But I, I think that this was one of Neil O'Shea's better press conferences that he's held 
in almost two years. I mean, I'm going to go back to all of all of last season too. He didn't come off as confrontational. Um, he didn't come off as a condescending asshole. He did throw out some Neil O'Sheaisms where he was talking about you know the, some stats and 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 how he went into things. You know, the one the biggest gripe that could probably be taken away is that when uh, Sean Hyken followed up with with you know all the reporting that had been done on the Billups hiring process since the press conference, which was the last time Neil talked to anybody, you know, he did, he did basically brush it off and say everything that needs that can be said has been said. So I kind of take that as yeah. they gonna, the, he didn't refute anything that's been reporting. So he just kind of left. However you feel about it. He, he basically, to me, I take that as an admittance of, okay, all the reporting that's come out is accurate. Nothing I can say to dispute it. I'm not going to try to pick that fight again. And, and I think even in his answer for that, he, he still came off as, as being respectful and whatnot, but you know, so I, that, that, that was my, like, I'm, I'll give him like, if you, I hate it when people do this, but I'll go down, I'll go down your route. Cause you love it. I'll give Neil O'Shea. <laughs> a, I hate a, when people a, do the thing that you do, Brandon. <laughs> it's exactly. You want to grade everything, but I'll give Neil O'Shea. We'll end all this with giving grades on this. Cause you love it. I'll give Neil O'Shea an A an a minus if he had answered Sean's question in any way, shape or form to like even provide a, a hair more light on anything or all that reporting that had been done. It would have been an a plus. I think it's one of his better press conferences he's done. He didn't try to sell us a load of shit like he normally does. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I'd probably my grade to be a B plus. I wasn't prepared to do grades, but here we go. Uh, and I would actually put the failure of, you know, him answering that, I thought fair question from Sean Hyken and the fact that there were not more questions like that. I actually put that failure on kind of America's collective agreement with politicians and public figures doing media. Basically, if you have something controversial happen, the the MO is you can talk about it once and then you can say forevermore, oh, we already talked about it that one time. And people are just kind of fine with that. Like like the it's media the, doesn't apply a bunch of pressure to that. I don't the think the 24 hour news cycle of nowadays right. doesn't allow you to. Whatever yeah. was a big story this week is dead next week. Which I is mean, really and, and if you want to equate it to like I actually just, this dawned on me the other day, tiny, tiny little caveat. What that, like my little political rant, does anybody know what's going on with Matt Gates? Remember yeah. when that was the big story of all that stuff that was going on and that was dominating headlines for a good three weeks to a month, not a peep. It's dead. There's a lot of other stuff going on in the world and nobody cares anymore. Yep. And that's again, like, yeah, I agree with you that. And if we wanted to go down a real rabbit hole, which we're not going to right now, we could talk about how, um, you know, journalism has been regulated or the lack of that regulation or the taking away of that regulation, how it's led to the sources that we have and what people consume. And again, what people are demanding and what reporters are asking. And, and one thing I'll say, like something that you and I can look for, not just at the Blazers, but with anyone is in a given press conference, if someone's question is ignored or if it's not answered, is there someone else from a different outlet that then says, pardon me, my colleague from X and X, they didn't, you didn't answer their question. Could you please answer it? That's the kind of thing that we really need more of. Um, in this case, it's more about a multi-news cycle. People have forgotten the pressures in there. So yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I, think, I think Portland does great with that. I think the Portland media market, for the most part, the players that are in a lot of this, that have skin in this game, you know, like in, in the, in the form of Sean Hyken, you know, he's been known to, Hey, just to touch back on a question that was asked earlier, not necessarily saying, Hey, you know, so-and-so's question, you know, AJ McCord's good at trying to yep. loop it back and, and make it seem kind of like an original question, but so just wording the original one different. Jason quick has been known to, if his first time is an answer at or answered, he'll be like, Hey, so again, <laughs> and then ask the same question. So I, th- I think Portland, the Portland new or sports media market is at least decent at doing that. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair take. One more question about Olshay's time at the podium today. Um, did you think he was asked uh, hard questions? Because C- I wonder if that was part of it. His, you know, not having to answer to, to the question about how they handled the hiring. Was he asked a ton of of tough, difficult questions about the roster, about the team, about the construction? Yes and no, but I think that there was a fun little dance that the media was attempting to do where they were there were questions that were asked where direct quotes or direct instances were referenced, not where, where Neil wasn't able to dance around and dance around it and just be like, well, people say this or so-and-so says this. So like trying to pull some quotes from Dame without saying, well, Dame said, and making it an adversarial thing of trying to pit Neil against Dame, but asking him questions about the roster using things that Dame has said publicly without actually calling it out. And, And I think, so I think to some degree, Yes, he was asked difficult questions, but it wasn't a full on, we're going to hold your feet to the fire and be damned if, if you can get away with not giving us the answer we want. And I think Neil knew some of those were coming. Some of his responses were a little canned, but overall I bought, I bought what he was selling and it's not the normal blazer naivete fandom in me this time around, because I've learned to go into press conferences like this, expecting to be super critical of Neil. And I came away going, all right. That was cool. That was good. Yeah, I tend to agree. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is we're going to talk about next coach Billups. I think this applies here too. It's one thing to talk about it in September. It's another thing when things are happening on the court in December, January, February. Um, so let's, let's do pivot to coach Billups. And this is where I think you and I have a fair amount of disagreement, which is great and healthy and good. We love each other. It's okay. Um, so I want to start by giving my opinion kind of generally on what I heard from coach Billups and my take on it. So what I heard from coach Billups is someone who is willing to connect with everybody on the roster from player one to player 15, um, talk with them about what their wants and desires are, talk to them about what he's going to need from them, what he envisions them doing in the context of, of the team. I think he cares about that. I think he definitely cares about defense. We've heard it before. We're going to hear it again. He definitely cares about accountability. Um, he doesn't want to be a jerk about it, but he word of the day. Accountability. Accountability. Yeah, that's right. He said something that jumped out to me, you know, when he has film sessions and something goes wrong, he wants to put an address on it, which is to say, he's not just going to point out what went wrong. He will point out exactly who was responsible for that going wrong. Yeah. Um, his exact, his exact quote, what I would call it is put an address on it. I've played for a lot of coaches and they would say, we've got to do a better job. I'm going to put an address on it. Nobody wants to be the star of the tape the next day. So that kind of goes back to like, instead of just saying, Hey guys, we need to be better at this and showing a play that gets broken down, literally saying, Hey Dame, Hey CJ, Hey Nurk, Hey, whoever, what the fuck are you doing? You know, why are you just letting your guys? So like last year, a lot of us saw, you know, Carmelo Anthony 
doing his own thing on defense. Next day in film session, maybe Stotts wasn't going, hey, Mello, that's not the plan. Why are you forcing that to Rocco? Why is your man everybody else's responsibility? And so that's the putting an address on it. Yep, I agree with that. I also, I, I think Billups should get a pretty fair amount of credit. The time he spent talking about how, you know, his philosophy and even when he's contrasted it with what he's seen in the past from the Blazers, he's not he's not throwing coach Stotts under the bus. And I mean, I will, I will admit like I'm kind of looking for that. Neil Olshay has definitely done that. Um, <laughs> some of the players have done that. Mm-hmm. I have not heard that from coach Billups as I think is a credit to him. Well, um, he's now in the ranks and I mean, granted Stotts doesn't have a job, but there's only so many NBA head coaches. That's a, and that's kind of, you know, players, players watch out for players backs, but I mean, that's an even smaller circle when you're talking about that NBA head coaching circle. So, you know, you never know when you're going to get fired from a job and maybe Stotts is looking for an assist, uh, a head assistant coach and you burn a bridge by throwing a former coach under a bus like that. You're SOL. Right. And I agree. And just something I actually, I would ask people to look for during the season, as far as accountability is concerned, I don't know if we're going to hear coach Billups airing his accountability publicly. I think that what he's saying is fans media, you have to trust that I am doing this and that we're going to handle it in house. I think that that's what he's saying. Ooh, I don't, I'm actually, I kind of get a little bit of a sense the other way. Cause we, that was, it was a big thing with Stotts. Stotts insulated his players and you knew he was really, really, really pissed off at somebody when he let somebody's name out for a mistake in a press conference. And you know, nine years, you can probably count on one hand how many times that happened which i think which i think is smart management smart leadership we were talking about is it is to a degree but there are also a lot of other coaches out there coaches like pop or doc rivers or or you know that you know some Ty lose or or whatnot that we've heard that have called out their star players i mean hell it's causing a kerfuffle in freaking philly with doc rivers doing it one time but i I don't know if that's i don't know if that's great well, I mean, end of the season not kind of stuff pop. with how he answered, but, but, you know, maybe it does take something to not necessarily keep things so in house, you know, just be like, Hey, well, you know, there were defensive breakdowns, you know, so-and-so kept losing their guy and we're going to work on that. We'll study film. Not like not the being a dick about it, but just not insulating them as much per se as Stotts did. You and I were chatting before we started recording about management style and you and I were talking. Yeah, I'm going to turn this back on you. You and I were talking about how you build capital with your team and then you're mindful about how you spend it. Right. Where Mm -hmm. the concept of as a leader, as a manager, that a person when they do raise their voice, when a person does call someone out that they're mindful about when and where to do that. And all I'm saying is that I think that coach Billups understands that calculus. I I think if people are looking for coach Billups to be like agreeing with angry Blazers fans after a game where Nurk let something slip, I don't think he's going to be calling people out every game. And I don't think that people should take that to mean that he's not holding them accountable internally. Again, I think that he's establishing, you got to trust that I'm doing this. I'm I'm not meaning that there's going to be 82 post-game press conferences where he goes after a guy every single game. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I guess the best example could be is, you know, back when Myers Leonard was here, you know, Stotts, we all knew Stotts had a short leash with him, but like 
he would dance around questions if he was asked, you know, was did was Myers pulled at this point in the game because it looked like he wasn't having it defensively. And Stotts would just go with a canned answer of, I just wanted to give things a different look. I'm thinking that in this instance, like if there are, uh, if there is a glaring thing and a bad loss that Billups wouldn't necessarily be against if he thought it was in the best interest of the team or the best interest of his guys to be like, he just didn't have it defensively. I needed to put a guy in there who was going to give a little more effort, just little things like that under no Stotts wouldn't do that at all. So that that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying he's going to be malicious with going after guys and holding them accountable. Like if he does in the media, I'm, I guarantee you he will in the locker room, but I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me if he was a little more vocal with decisions and why things were made than providing some of the canned answers that stops did at times. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And yeah, I agree with you. If, if your point is that he might do it more than coach Stotts, I do agree with mm-hmm. that. It's yeah. just not going to be all of the time. Correct. Um, I, I didn't mean it to come off as sounding like he's just going to maliciously start attacking everybody on the roster and in, in right. every single press conference. I, I just, I, I, in my hope again, like I'm, I, I, I'm trying to be fair in how I evaluate stuff. I hope that people don't take his not getting to it every single night is like, he's not holding them accountable. It's like he may be doing it just behind closed doors. Something yeah. else that Coach Billups talked about with the offense was, and I think that this will be music to a lot of Blazers fans' ears about how the Blazers' offense would get very predictable because of how talented Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are. You can mm-hmm. run doubles at them and they'll score anyway. And his point, he specifically talked about how that can get very predictable during the playoffs. That is a point that has been made. Um, I want to give a shout out to Eric and Tori of um, Blazer, uh, Blazers Uprise. They have talked about that for a long time, right? Which it's like, you know, Coach Stotts has this amazing revolutionary offense and they're so good on offense, one of the best offenses. And their point for a long time has been, well, that doesn't really work in the playoffs. And you heard Coach Billups speak directly to that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that like that's an important thing that he pointed out, um, as well as getting other people like Yusuf Nurkic involved. I think the reporting on that uh, has been um, it's been a lot about Yusuf Nurkic. We're going to talk more about him later, but let, let, let me, I, I, we could talk more specifics, but I wanted to say this and get your reaction in real time. Um, <laughs> if I were to put a grade on how Chauncey Billups handled this press conference, I think that coach Billups gets an a plus uh, for how we talked about basketball, uh, specifically his vision for how to use the specific players on this team and how to get the most out of them. I think he gets an A plus. So I have another thought to share, but what do you think about that grade? I agree with that. I agree with that. And the thing that I'll be interested to see is that with this accountability and with the, the various players talking about the buy-in that they do have so far with, and, and Nurt kind of touched on it. I think, um, I think, uh, Norman Powell kind of touched on it a little bit too. And what they said is that, you know, even though Chauncey Billups is a first year head coach, he's got cachet in the league. He's, he's got championship experience. He's, he's got a hall of fame career behind him. So it, and, and it, he is relatable because he is a modern day player to these guys. They grew up watching him play. And so if he can get the buy-in from these guys that maybe Stotts lost along the way, because his voice did become stale in the locker room, then yes, I do expect to see these players, do the things he wants to do. But one of the things that is constantly overlooked in 
every aspect of the NBA is that a coach can go out there and put together a game plan and put together a design and ask the, and tell these guys, this is what I need from you. This is what I need from you. But at the end of the day, it's still the players that are out there that have to execute it and do it. And if you're, it's kind of like where, when people talk, you know, we need Dame to play off the ball more, or we need Dame to rest more maybe. And it's been Dame doesn't necessarily want to play off the ball more. Dame doesn't want to sit out games. And so there is, is he going to be effective with his leadership in convincing Dame to do these things or get Dame to buy in to do these things, you know, and that starts after so many years, maybe lost that ability to. So if, if he's able to do those things and yes, I expect to see that difference on the court, but at the end of the day, it still is on the players to go out there and do it, you know? And even yep. so like how, how I'd reference that with Carmelo, like I'm guarantee you nothing that we saw Carmelo Anthony do defensively on a basketball court over the last two years has been what Stotts wanted Mello to do defensively on a basketball court. <laughs> yeah, so. I totally agree. And to your point, and I want to reiterate this, I'm giving Chauncey Billups an A plus for his performance at this press conference. The things he talked about, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean I think he's going to be a great coach. He could be a great coach. He could be a good coach. He could yep. be an okay coach. He could be a bad coach. We actually don't know yet, right? Like that's yeah. so I'm encouraged, but you have to see it. And to that point, for me personally, I am giving coach Billups 25 to 30 games. If the Blazers don't, (laughs) if the Blazers don't look great out of the gate, I'm not going to flip out yet. I think that you need some amount of time. And to me, about a third of the season that seems reasonable to get stuff going to get people in the system to see how people react to stuff to be able to make adjustments and 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 importantly i think that specific amount of time is enough for dame to be like well hmm because if it's really looking weird after 30 games you still have plenty of time before the trade deadline so I, I, you made a face, you, you made a full body convulsion when I said I was going to give coach Billups 25 to 30 games before I really start judging him as a coach. Ryan, why do you disagree with my perfect logic? 21, 22, 23, 24. <laughs> He's Hold counting on, on his phone for those who are not watching on YouTube. 30. So 30 where, where, games. Where does that 30, bring us? 30 games would be December 17th when the Blazers play the Hornets at home. And the trade deadline is not for a while after that. Okay. So that's, that's a little more palatable, I guess my, while I don't disagree with your premise and any other year, I give you a hundred percent backing. There is a part of me that makes me nervous that if the blazers aren't able to hit the ground running, especially with the continuity that does exist in this starting lineup, this isn't like you're bringing in a, or, you know, a group of, of three new guys to the starting group. So this is a, this is a starting lineup that finished the year last year and went through a playoff series and is starting this training camp having familiarity if they aren't able to necessarily hit the ground running. And I'm not saying that they got to be by 30 games that they got to be like 25 and five, but I'm going to expect somewhere in the realm of 17 to 18 wins by 30 games in. Otherwise my panic mode and spidey sense is going to go through the roof that then, even though the trade deadline is two months away, Dame's going to start asking some questions. 
And I, I just, I just think that with the paranoia that we as a fan base, whether or not it's justified, I, that's just my own personal opinion is that I think this team needs to get off to a hot start, especially seeing as that how their schedule works out. It's a little easier in the beginning. You need to build up some games in the beginning. And so for this year to be successful for this team to reach their potential, and get to where they want to go and where I think that they have the ability to go, they can't waste away the opportunities. And as it stands right now, their schedule works out to where it's a little lighter in the beginning of the season. And you just hit a hellhole of games in the last month and a half of the season. So if it's off to a rocky start when it's easy, I'm not necessarily sure if you can pull your ass out of that when it starts to get more difficult. I so I'm saying the 25 to 30 games within that kind of realm of reasonable outcomes. If the Blazers are like five and 25, you know, depending on how that looks, right? So I'm saying with it, if they're what I'm saying is if they're a couple games even below 500, which would be well below expectations, I personally am not hitting the panic button. Whether or not Dame does is a different story, but I think and we could talk about Damian Lillard, the two other players I want to talk about during media day are, are Nurkic and Dame. Um, but it, it really depends on what Dame is going to give the grace that he is going to allow. But for me as a fan, 25 to 30 games within reason, I'm just not going to hit the panic button. By the way, I had somebody on here and I don't think they're being sarcastic. When I tweeted that out, someone said, I'm even willing to give him a couple seasons. Nope. Not giving him a couple seasons at this. <laughs> like you'll get with a couple the rebuilt with the rebuilding team. I mean, he'll, probably get it they'll probably get it unless they want to pay totally for different conversation for years but I, it's a good point i i am looking i everything for me as a fan is through the lens of keeping damian lillard in portland anything outside of that it's a totally different conversation that we can have so yeah. i'm giving right. billups 25 to 30 games again within reasonable outcomes and so basically what i'm saying on the record if they're below 500 by a little bit at that point i'm not hitting the panic button but i'll hit it for you after that my finger will get closer and closer to that panic button after those games. So All we'll right. see how it looks. Um, let's okay. move on. And let's move on to Nurk. Cause any ever, any other thoughts I have about that can be tied into the Dame talk. Fair enough. Yusuf Nurkic. Ah, I love he, the man. I he, got a quick question and I don't mean this to be insensitive in any way, shape or form. Is his English getting worse? I found it very hard to understand him today and I've never necessarily found that before. Um, I or is it probably just because he's freshly back from Bosnia and he hasn't? I think that he, may be what it is because I mean it's you were talking about when you spend time yep, in Minnesota was, that your accent yeah so yeah I assume it's just who you're talking to um, for the last couple he's months he's been speaking Bosnian for when he's been over there okay that which makes is totally sense. fair totally I just fair. wasn't sure if that was a, a me thing and I felt like an asshole for having that thought no I you know I I didn't I personally I didn't notice that but I also don't think it would be unreasonable if that were the case here's my takeaway Ryan because I we're we're running a little short on time and I apologize. On on that he basically talked out both sides of his mouth in my opinion he said oh i'm a team first guy i'm all about team first and then he's like oh yeah like i want a bigger role i expect to be more involved and you have to put that in the context of the press conference he had after the denver series where he was basically like i don't know if i'm gonna be here so like look man i just think that he's trying to have it both ways that's my opinion i don't i i hear i hear him saying that you know he wants a bigger role because he thinks 
if he gets a bigger role and gets more touches and he, he directly kind of correlated this, he goes, you know, you know, me operating out of the post kind of being more of a passer, a finisher if need be, uh, but more of a passer. And, you know, the worst thing is that if we take three or four shots away from Dame or CJ, that's three or four shots for everybody else on the roster to, to be able to help and take the load off of them. And I think that I can facilitate to the point that is for the betterment of the team. Nurk right now, I will give you Nurk loves himself some Nurk, but I don't think that it's, he's going in the way of that. I'm a team player, but me, 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 me. I, I, I think <laughs> I see, I hear it as that I am a team player and I think I can be used in a way to help the team more. He's not asking for superstar status, but I just, that's, that's my take on it. So like, uh, here's the thing though. I'm not saying that it's like necessarily like the worst thing that he's doing both of those at the same time. I'm just pointing it out. And I think we just need to be honest with ourselves because what I'm not reading is what if coach Billups in the first 15 games, what if he realizes, Oh, like actually Norm Powell needs more touches the way that we're using Damian Lillard. We need to rejigger something. And all of a sudden his role on offense is once again, minimized. Will he be cool with that? If that's what's best for the team. And I don't think that's where that account I think that's where that accountability comes in. And Has that ever little, worked with Nurkic? And, well, like, you remember it, these it stories didn't work that came... with Stotts, and it doesn't sound like Stotts and Nurk had the best relationship. Stotts, well, that's what I'm saying. Stotts and centers just were like oil and water, apparently. I thought that he loved Mason Plumley, but no, I, like I, that's the thing is like there were stories that came out a couple of years ago about how Damian Lillard is trying to use his leadership to hold Nurkic accountable, that Nurkic being accountable has been a slippery eel for everybody in the NBA from Mike Malone to Terry Stotts. And I think that Billups, mm-hmm. he's doing his best to kind of establish that relationship right off the bat, which I think is great. But I think this is, this is not an everyone else thing. This is a Yusuf Nurkic thing again, like, Hey, if he's given a bigger role, he's, he's involved more. I, I think it will be hunky dory, but I think that the day comes when he's asked to do less on offense. I think he's going to get pouty again. I just, I don't know. Well, Billups did give him a little bit of an, uh, a little bit of an ultimatum per se. He did, did kind of slightly even call him out in this. And he said, Nurk's not a good finisher at the rim. And you do have to be, <laughs> and you do have to be able Bazing. to, if you want a bigger role, you do have to have the ability to finish. Cause, and, and Which, so there's, there's already some of that, some of that stuff that I'm talking about with Billups. Like the, that's something that we necessarily wouldn't have heard stop saying that way before. Good point. I hope that specifically with Nurkic, he has, he's so coordinated. His hands are so soft. I don't think he has to be like, <laughs> does he caress your face much? <laughs> he has, he's given me a, a nice scalp massage um, for my hair follicles. No, I, 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 he doesn't have to be jumping over guys dunking to be a good finisher. He just, I think that he literally just needs more work around the basket, getting hit, knowing how to loft them up so that they kind of sit on the rim and fall in because I mean, you just watch him. It, it, it's, he'll like spin and like throw it off the glass and it careams off the back iron. It's super frustrating. Yeah. So it's, it sounded like he was putting in a lot of, a lot of time with uh, Roy Rogers and that he was working with him. So Howdy as, as, long partner. As, as long as Roy's got him going. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Cause I know you're on a time crunch and we got probably more than a couple words to say about the superstar player and the franchise player, Damian Lillard. And for anybody th- that we're rushing through, uh, don't worry. We're back in our normal recording schedule this uh coming up as as uh preseason games start next week so we will be meeting again within five to six days so we can uh touch on the lesser you know 
comments of, uh, um, you know, Norman Powell and Anthony Simons and Nasir Little. So it's going to get more and more regular. Like we're taking Metamucil. But with, but with Damian Lillard, <laughs> sorry, I threw this out there on the Blazer Tag Twitter account, which is where ninety nine percent of my basketball takes come from, unless I'm commenting to you and you wanted me to expand on it. But I had said I'm done with the narrative of that. I think that Dame's going to leave. I think that he has the full buy in. This is the most definitive press conference I have heard from him, where he seems completely invested in this team and this year and that didn't seem to be good enough for you. So uh, why are you still concerned that Dame is going to rip our hearts out and destroy our lives? I'm concerned because, and I think that you would even agree with this, the way I'm going to frame it. Maybe you won't. I think most people would. I agree that Damian Lillard will very, if the, if the question was, will he give this season a chance? That was an open question back in what June, July, Mm -hmm. that is no longer an open question. He will give this a chance period. It's very clear. The reporting that's been coming out, everything he said today, I have no reason to disbelieve that Damian Lillard is going to give this season his full faith and effort. Now where I kind of disagree or where the concern creeps in, I don't think that's to the exclusion of if this team after 40 games, after 45 games, if it's just things are not looking, if if like everyone is healthy and things are just not clicking and Ant doesn't take a step forward and Nas Little doesn't take a step forward and Nance isn't integrating well and all this stuff, if this doesn't feel like a contending or a contending adjacent team, like right before the trade deadline, do I think it's still possible that Dame asks out? Yes. I don't think that him giving this season a chance means he'll give the entire season a chance, even if it's very, very clear that it's not working. So that's that's my caveat. And I I, I honestly I I would be very interested to see if you disagree with that, because I just can't imagine that you would. It's such a reasonable. I, take. I don't disagree with the premise, but my biggest thing and why I've argued with so many people about Dame's future over all of this offseason is that in all offseasons past, whenever any of these fanciful trades and anything have been brought up, <laughs> he's, well, like when they're like, oh, you know, rumor has it the Knicks are interested in you and what whatever. He's always been very firm and not wishy washy in any way, shape or form where he said, I want to be the greatest trailblazer. I want to retire trailblazer. I want to bring a championship to the city. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. If, ands, or buts are what finally creeped in in this offseason where he says, I want to do it in Portland, but, or I'm not, I'm committed to the team, but I'm not sure about my future. There was always that kind of stuff. There was nothing in this. And so while I'm not going to give a lot of, put a lot of faith or, or, brain power into random Instagram posts or Twitter eyes or whatever. This man sat down and gave some very good answers where I am. I am convinced that there's not going to necessarily be a trade deadline. Doesn't mean I'm not worried. It won't happen, but I don't think he's asking out at the trade deadline, but I do agree 45 games into the season. If this shit is in the toilet. Yeah. He's probably going to be looking around next year. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I think that we're both kind of in the same orbit of, of agreement. I, again, like, yes, you said it. The, the talk before this off season was I'm retiring in Portland, no matter what the, no matter what is gone and it's not coming back. Well, actually, okay. The no matter what will come back if the Blazers make like a finals push or something like that. Or or if he, yeah, then yeah, he wins a ring. He's here forever. Doesn't matter what happens after that. So I agree with that. Anything else you want to hit on? 
nope, you got to go. Get well, us out of here. All right. Well, this is a great. I like the truncated episode. If you want to reach it's, out to us, it's instant reactions. That's what we're calling it. Unnecessarily hot takes here on We Like the Blazers at We Like the Blazers. No, no, no. At Like the Blazers yep. on Twitter, we like the Blazers.com. You can find me at Goldner PDX, him at The Witty Ryan. I am Brandon. That is Ryan. Until next time, appreciate you all. See you later and go Blazers. Go Blazers.